0: I had a very strange childhood. had the worst case any doctor had ever seen.
1: My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. Here at Innovative Medicine, we consider ourselves really on the cutting edge of some of the services we offer and provide to patients. However, every now and then, we do come across a doctor like the one we're bringing on today that's really closely aligned with our approach in finding the root causes of illness, and that's why we're having him on the podcast today. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dr. David Minkoff, a conventionally trained MD who had a major shift in viewpoint mid-career and started immersing himself in biological medicine integrative oncology, anti-aging, functional medicine, and even energy medicine, then opened up his office, LifeWorks Wellness Center, with his wife, Sue, in 1997. He's the author of The Search for the Perfect Protein, an Ironman triathlete, and a big-time Ironman triathlete, which I want to get into, and the founder of Body Health Supplements. Dr. Minkoff, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you having me. So listen, I got to ask you about this because it's not just an Ironman triathlete. You've done like 42 of these. Am I right? Uh, 43. 43. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second because one or two is a big accomplishment. One is a major accomplishment. 43 is like, wow. Have you been doing it yearly for the past 43 years?
0: Uh, 40 years. Oh, wow. All right. Some years I've done two. Some years I've done none. But- I did the first one in 1982, and um, my next one is going to be in September. I'm racing pretty often, not Ironman distance, but two weeks ago, I did an Olympic distance. This weekend, I'm doing a sprint distance. So, I'm, uh, it's a fun thing, and um, I enjoy it, and it's, uh, it's fun. It's great. Well, that's the thing. Listen,
1: you got to have fun with it, and it's healthy it keeps you fit, you know, do things that bring you joy and bring you health at the same time being outside. That's what it's all about. So listen, I applaud you. I mean, I I would love to do one in my lifetime, but then again, I don't know if it would bring me joy. Tennis brings me a lot of joy. So I play a lot of tennis at least a few times a week. But honestly, that that, uh, Ironman thing, that just caught me off guard because I, I know very few that even ran one. But Let's go back now into what you're really on here for, because I know a lot of conventionally trained doctors that when I speak to them about integrative medicine, biological medicine, they sort of roll their eyes. They respect what I do. They respect my father's been in this industry for a long time, but it's hard to make that shift. And I always like to hear how conventionally trained doctors like my father Started to get into that process of breaking out of conventional medicine. So tell us your story of what really got you to start opening up outside the conventional paradigm and start to embrace some of these more alternative approaches.
0: Okay, good. So I started as a pediatrician. I did a residency in pediatrics and a subspecialty in infectious disease. I was um, co-director of a neonatal intensive care unit. So we had you know we had babies on ventilators. And I was also doing hospital infectious disease. It was the early 80s. It was the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. Uh, I was in San Diego. So there was a lot of strange, interesting infectious disease going on with these guys with AIDS. And then a whole population from the Southeast Asia were brought into San Diego County, Hmong people. They They were helping the Marine Corps in Southeast Asia during the Vietnam War. And they brought a whole bunch of them over. And there was a huge amount of parasitic disease so i was involved in this it was very interesting i was an adjunct professor at the university so i was i was helping resident you know teaching residents infectious disease uh, attending on the wards and then i got interested in emergency medicine and i sort of shifted careers and started doing full-time emergency medicine it was at the time where we moved to, we moved to, to florida uh, in 1990. And, um, I was happy. I liked ER medicine. I was at one of the top 100 chest pain centers in the country. And it was a, I liked the, the acuity of it. I liked action and I was having a good time. My wife started to get interested in natural medicine. She's an RN and she started going to Jeffrey Bland seminars. And Jeffrey Bland is like the father of functional medicine. I think he's the guy who came up with the, even that name, functional medicine. And. She said, You gotta hear this guy. He's the smartest guy I ever heard, and he makes a lot of sense. And I was like, nah, not interested. And so one day he was he was doing a two-day seminar in Orlando, and she dragged me to the seminar. And he was one of the smartest guys I ever heard talk. He was just brilliant. He was a nutritional biochemist. He had worked with Linus Pauling. And he got me interested in nutritional medicine and functional medicine. So I started to go to seminars with her. And um, we had some relatives that had sort of complex medical problems. and one of them had decided that they didn't like the mercury in their teeth, and they were going to get the mercury taken out of their teeth. And mercury's poisonous. You know, you take a, a 500 milligram filling, which is about what a filling is. And if you ground it up real fine and put it in a 10 acre lake, and then you tested the fish that lived in that lake, the EPA would put a fish advisory on the lake that you can't eat the fish because one filling in 10 acres would poison the fish to the point where you couldn't eat it. Now, you have an average person who's got six or eight or 10 or 12 of these fillings. Mercury boils at 110 degrees. You know, it's liquid at room temperature. I like my hot tea at 160 you're going to boil the mercury out of your teeth. It's going to go into your brain. It's going to go into your throat. It's going to go into your GI tract. And it's bad stuff. And at the time, you know, it was in contact lens solution. Uh, ethyl mercury, thimerosal, was in contact lens solution. It was in vaccines. And it was in, and so mercury was in people's teeth. And so this person went to a dentist who wasn't trained properly and got 12 fillings drilled out with no protection. And then six weeks later, started complaining about thyroid swelling and went to the endocrinologist. And the endocrinologist said, you have Hashimoto's disease. So they did some tests on the blood. They saw that there was an autoimmune, like the immune system was attacking the person's thyroid. And there's no treatment that we know of for it. You know, Your thyroid hormone levels are okay, so you don't need medication for it. And what we just do is we watch this because there's nothing that we know what to do. Well, a few weeks after that, the person started complaining about pain in their upper right upper quadrant where the liver is. And some blood tests were done and it showed that the liver had shown inflammation. And that person was sent to a liver specialist. The liver specialist did some scans and some ultrasounds. You don't have a tumor. We don't see anything there. Probably this is an autoimmune reaction similar to the thyroid but we don't know what causes this thing. They screened her for a bunch of different hepatitis viruses uh, and they couldn't fight. And then this person starts to have weakness of an arm and weakness of a glute. And this person is a triathlete and very good. And then the person got sent to a neurologist. Like, why why can't I brush my teeth? Why can't I lift up my arm? Well, the neurologist did an MRI and said, probably you got MS. And that's also an autoimmune disease. So, this fits. You know, you got a thyroid that's being hit. You got a liver that's being hit. You got a brain that's being hit. And now you need real medicine. You know, you need prednisone and interferon and you need real drugs because we have to shut off your immune system because it's attacking you by mistake. And about this time, I was with this person and next door to their office. A dentist had moved up from West Palm Beach, we're in Clearwater, Florida, and he had opened a dental practice. And on the marquee, it said natural dentistry. So I'm with this person and we're, I was dropping her off uh, to her office. And I see the dentist walking out of his office toward his car and I stopped him and I just introduced myself. Hi, I'm Dr. Minkoff. My practice is only a few blocks away. I mostly do emergency medicine, and what's natural dentistry? So he said, well, we're different than most dentists because we believe that the mouth is actually part of the body and that you wouldn't do anything in the mouth that you wouldn't do in the body. He said, for example, if you have gangrene in a toe, like an infected toe with dead tissue, You have to surgerize the toe. You have to get it out because it's dead and the body and it's infected and the body has no blood vessel access to it. So the body can't defend it. You couldn't give this person antibiotics and cure that infection because they just won't reach. Likewise, if a surgeon, someone had a bad bellyache and they went open to surgery and they found that there was a portion of the bowel where the blood uh, vessels had been cut off. And the bow is now gangrenous, you have to cut that portion out because the person would die. The infection would spread all over. So he said, when a dentist does a root canal procedure on a person, what you have is gangrenous tooth that's dead and it's infected and it's poisoning the body. So he said, as natural dentists, you know, if the toes on the body and it's got to cut out, and the bowel is in the body, and it's got to cut out. Well, if the tooth is in the body, it's got to be cut out because you can't do that. And he said, "Now there's a whole problem with mercury because mercury's poisonous." Blah blah blah, and so we don't do that. And if we take the mercury out, we have to do it very carefully because if you take a high speed drill, you will cause these particles to aerosolize. They become, you know, they vaporize basically. And if the person isn't protected, they will breathe this stuff and inhale it, and it gets in their palate, it gets in their nervous system, it can get in their liver, and it can get in their thyroid. And I'm like, oh, this is what's wrong with this person. And so I said, well, here's the story of this person. And he says, they're mercury toxic, but there's no one in this town that's going to help you. Help her. You got to go to Seattle. And there's a smart doctor there. And he does courses for doctors on how to do this. And so I go to Seattle and I do this course and my mind kind of gets blown because I'd got an introduction with Jeffrey Bland. And then I get a, you know, a few intensives of, of training from Dietrich Linghart. And then another very famous Swiss doctor, Thomas Rao comes over and he's two years in a course and I'm spending two years with him. And I'm learning from these, you know, when Yoshiaki Omira is at Columbia and I spend 180 hours with him. And I learned neural therapy and biological medicine, and I'm like, holy cow, there is an enormous world here of really good medicine. Now, emergency medicine can be really good. If you're having a heart attack, you go to the hospital and you go to a place where they can open up the clot or put a stint in or do what they have to do because you're going to die or you're going to suffer. So that's all good. And if you have, you need a C-section, well, you should get one. And if you have a gangrenous toe, you should get it cut off. So there are aspects, you know, you have you have pneumonia and a high fever of 105. Well, you better take an antibiotic because the chances that, that some herbs are going to get you through the thing are, you know, not very good. But then that isn't what most people have. They have hypertension and high cholesterol and pain and arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis and ulcerative colitis and Lyme disease and cancer. And unfortunately, the modern medicine approach to those things isn't very good. In fact, it's pretty awful. And so this whole field of biological medicine is being able to handle people like that. And so I started to just dabble with people, and the success rates were very high. And all of a sudden, it just mushroomed into a practice. So now we have a very big practice. We have 68, I think, employees, and really people come from all over the world to see us because We really specialize in chronic illness. You know, anybody with neurological disease, they have MS or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or ALS, or they have cancer, or they have Lyme disease or chronic fatigue, or any of the autoimmune diseases, lupus or rheumatoid arthritis, we can really help them. And, you know, our average patient has been to 13 doctors with no solution. And about 85% of the time, we're able to get them better. So we're not perfect, but the population that we're mostly seeing as a population has been through the sort of normal rung of regular medicine, sometimes some alternative things with chiropractic or acupuncture, but they just haven't had enough detailed knowledge or experience to be able to get people through that stuff. So I like those kind of cases. I like problem cases and puzzle cases because it just excites me to try to figure out there is a reason, like that person five years before or 10 years before was fine, they were functioning, they were working, they had a family, they played tennis on weekends or they ran triathlons and now they can't. It's not their genetics. It's not some mystical thing that occurred in their life. There are, there are exact causes that they ran into, that either infected or intoxicated their body. And usually if we can figure out what these things are, we can get them better. And then their life gets restored. And so now more than ever, this field has exploded. So there's lots of tools, you know, that we have both diagnostically and therapeutically to like help people get through this. And they spend two, three months with us and they get better and then they go home. And, you know, then they have to pay attention to, you know, organic food and enough sleep and, you know, keeping their environment clean of negative people. And, you know, there's sort of a whole, you know, you want to be well in this environment, which is a very challenging environment. You know, you have to be careful, but you can. And, you know, I live in this environment, too, and I'm 74 years old and I'm doing Ironman triathlons. And, you know, and I work a 60 hour week. And I love what I do. And I I think a lot of it is because I feel good. I've got energy and I'm with people all day long where I can actually contribute to them and help them. And there I just haven't found there's anything more fun than doing that. So I should have retired probably nine years ago. That's when you're supposed to retire. But, you know, I'm, we're expanding and it's, it's, you know, I'm having, I really feel like I'm in the prime of my life. And, you know, why not do this for another 20 years? So that's my goal. Yeah. No, listen, I, I get it. My father's 72 as well, and, and
1: he, he loves what he does. It's challenging. But when you get into this art form of medicine, as he calls it, the art of medicine and this integrative where you look at each patient as a blank canvas and to unravel the whys and then provide the right tools that address each why and peel back the layers of the onion and actually give someone health back, not just managing their disease, which is really the kind of approach we have from conventional medicine with chronic disease right now. Right. It is an enjoyable thing to give people their lives back. I think too many people though, and in the, in the way society has approached it is disease is a natural state of aging. And that's the unfortunate part of it. Now right. I have so much that I could unpack within what you introduced there. And I'll probably go back to a lot of what you said there, but part of it that I'd like you to address is for people to understand more about what integrative medicine is. Because even what you said there, there's a difference, I think, at least I explain it, that functional medicine is different from biological and biological may be different from energy medicine. And the fact that what you said is correct, that even in alternative medicine, as you'd say, anything different than conventional medicine, you have specialists in there. You gave that great case of this person being passed. From one specialist and conventional to the other. No, you look fine here. Go to this person, go to that person all the time, deteriorating. Do you find that a lot of patients also who go on the alternative spectrum end up that way as well before they end up at your doorstep? That they're going to their chiropractor for one thing, that they go to an acupuncturist, no one's really working together. Maybe they address it a little bit more, but they're not combining everything at once.
0: Right. And I think that's right you know i wanted to actually give you the comp- uh, give the compliment to your dad through you is that you know the the materials that he put together which i studied some years ago it's an integrative approach but it's also very broad approach because you may need a lot of different tools in order to do it and i thought that your dad's work was brilliant in integrating you know, he, he, I don't remember being with him in some of these courses, but I know he took all the same courses I did Sure. because all these biological medicine principles, which are sort of inclusive of you are a living being and there's other living things that are in you. And if your environment's right, they're going to be on your side. And if your environment's not right, they're not going to be on your side and they're going to be your enemies and they're going to destroy you. You know, there's, There's these forces. So if you look at dark field microscopy, which is something we do on every patient, you can see these things. You know, when the terrain is all messed up, you see all these bizarre things swimming around in the person's blood and they're not supposed to be there. And then you correct them. You get them, you know, they're missing vitamins and minerals and amino acids of certain types. And you put those back in and you make sure that they're moving their bowels every day and they get cleaned out of the toxins and their food is, not you know, is now clean. That the body changes and then these organisms, they go back into different forms so that they're now supportive of you as a living organism instead of antagonistic to you. And chiropractic is certainly a brilliant profession with the limits that it has. And I routinely refer people to chiropractors, to colon therapists, to massage therapists, you know, to, you know, these various things, to biological dentists. Because I need that part of it to get addressed, too. And sometimes people in those fields are very narrow on their field and they're brilliant at it. But if you're going to take a whole person with a whole bunch of stuff, you need somebody who's got, you know, who's got a big viewpoint on the thing and then can, you know, address those various things.
1: Yeah, I always like to make the analogy of mixed martial arts. It's something I used to love to watch. And I remember the early days I was around for those where it would be your Brazilian jiu-jitsu versus your street brawler, the big guy, right? The small Brazilian guy versus and then you'd have your boxer and then you'd have your all-American wrestler that went to college for wrestling. And then you'd have your you know, Muay Thai guy. You had all these different specialties yeah. and they'd go up against each other and it would be hard. And over time, people learned you have to integrate. You have to be good at all these things, actually. You could still learn from the masters that niche specialties and and can teach you how to do things very well. But then you have to keep going beyond that and provide all together. And that's what they found. Mixed martial arts became that because it was about integrating everything to be the best in this so-called field or sport. Right, And so- I think that's what we're talking about when we say integrative medicine, because people have different understanding of what that means. Oh, is that you're, you're doing some extra stuff on conventional medicine, or are you just adding some nutrition, or are you looking at energy or psycho? It's all of that. It's integration. It's, it's the integrative side of that. So, I think, of course, this is where the future of medicine must go. Now, one of the things you brought up that I have to talk about when we're talking about root causes and and dental issues, you were featured in the documentary Root Cause. And funny story of that is Fraser Bailey is a good friend of mine uh, from Australia. And we actually helped him locate that initial cause of what was going on as he searched the world and everything and found out it was from a root canal. But I wanted to ask you, What is the percentage of patients you see that have some dental issues? It doesn't have to be the root canal, but an actual issue that's contributing to their poor health. At least half.
0: At least half. At least half. And have no clue. And have no clue. Right. And, you know, have have not actually had bad, you know, normal dental care. They got the teeth cleaning every three to six months. They don't have any big cavities that are seen. They don't have dental symptoms. You know, they don't have... You know, a pain in the tooth or something like that. It's yeah. all sort of, it's occult. You know, it's underneath the surface. They don't know, and uh, you know, unless you have some sort of energetic testing, and then you can you can go to cone beam CT scans. You know, there's technologies to look at this stuff now that um, that you can find it out. But it's it's real. It's there, and um, it's at least half the patients I see, and actually. I'm very excited when I see somebody who's been through 14 doctors, and we have a like a very detailed history and dental history on our intake forms, and I see root canal, I say, I can fix that person. Like 100%, I can fix that person. If they have breast cancer, I can fix them. If they have chronic Lyme disease, I can fix them. If they have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or rheumatoid arthritis, I can fix them. Because that is the most poisonous thing that can happen in a body that isn't ever looked at. You know, if the guy had a big boil on his arm, everybody would be there and they would fix it if the tooth isn't seen. And the pro, you know, the sort of position that the dental societies take is that these things are all safe and they're fine and they're not. And uh, if you know this, you can do it. And I've had biological dentists that think, well, the root canal looks okay to me. But they're not biological dentists; they just don't know what in the heck they're doing. And I, I've done a very interesting exercise here because one of the biological dentists that I work with was a little bit leery of the dental association because if you, if I refer somebody over there, where energetically I'm getting, hey, this tooth is causing you a problem. You know, it's a, it's an abscess tooth, and I get the cone beam CT and I see on the cone beam CT there is an abscess there. You can see it. Like on the 3D, you can see this is an abscess tooth. So, one of the things that he does as sort of an insurance policy for himself is that he, once he pulls the tooth, does a biopsy of the bone at the root of the tooth and sends it for pathology. Because if someone comes back and says, Well, this person had a perfectly normal tooth and why did you pull it? And they had no symptoms. And he says, Well, I used to think that way too, but here's the biopsy on the specimen from that tooth at the jawbone where that tooth was, and it shows dead infected bone on the pathology specimen, and here's the culture, and there's 60 bacteria growing in there, none of which should be there. So this was an occult infection. It was an under-the-radar infection, and now this person, all of a sudden, one week, three weeks later, their heart arrhythmia is gone, or their fatigue is better. Or I can just look at them and I can look at their face when they come in, because we take pictures of everybody when they come in, of their face. Part of it so that I can remember who they are. But part of it is they get an actual physical change. The stress comes out of their face. The brightness comes back in their face. And then I know they're getting better. And so that's a that's a big thing. And if, if more people knew about that and then referred to dentists who know what they're doing, you know, there's, there's 25 million root canals done a year in this country. You know, it's a billion dollar industry. And when Boyd Haley started doing the research on root canals and the toxins, he wasn't allowed to publish any of his, any of his findings in the dental literature. It's all in the chemistry literature and dentists don't read chemistry literature. And so they're not educated. So, you know, it's nobody knows, you know, relatively with a, you know, there's practices like you guys have and like we have, and there's a smattering of this around the country, but not nearly enough to handle the tens of millions of people who are sick.
1: Yeah, I mean, we see it all the time, dental foci, all, all types of issues that show up and that you need to be addressed and are actually at the root cause, you could say, of everything. Now, even when I had Fraser on and we talked about the the documentary, it was pulled within three weeks on Netflix because of the ADA. Uh, did you get any heat from the ADA? Because you were prominently featured. Uh, no, no, we didn't get yeah.
0: anything.
1: <laughs> he he mean, got a little had, bit. I mean, listen, he even said, I get it. I understand they're making a living. This is what they were trained in. I don't want to take money out of people's, you know, trying to make a livelihood and everything. I was just trying to show my experience, bring experts on. They gave Netflix, gave him no notice. They just pulled it. The ADA wrote a
0: strongly written letter. Yeah, he he, sh- he called me and he said, Because he originally came here. He called me from Australia. I didn't know who he was. He called me from Australia on a Friday afternoon at five o'clock. And it came into the switchboard. And it was a Friday afternoon that I was trying to get out of here on time. And she says, I got this guy on the phone. And he says, you saved his life. And he needs to talk to you. And he's calling from Australia. Do you want to talk to him? So I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. I saved his life. Let me talk to him. So he, you know, he said he'd, he'd had this incident where he'd been punched in the face by this guy in his park and he got a root canal and now he was home in bed and he couldn't work and he couldn't do anything. And I had learned all this dental stuff from mostly from Thomas Rao, Swiss doctor, Thomas Rao. And so I was doing, you know, I was, I made a bunch of YouTube videos on the subject and my experience in people who came in sick and I told them to get their root canals pulled and they got better. And so he's laying in bed in Australia, can't work. And he sees one of these videos and he says, no one's thought of that because he'd been to 14 doctors and he'd been to a faith healer and he'd seen shaman, like he was trying to figure out what was wrong with him. And so he calls me and he says, you saved my life. I heard that. And I thought, no one's thought of that. He goes to a dentist, he gets a cone beam, he's got an abscess, it gets pulled, he gets better. And he said, I now want to restart my career as a documentary film producer, and I want to come to the United States and do a documentary, and can I bring my film crew to your office? And so he did. And then you know we saw Stuart Nandarini, saw Mercola, and he saw some other guys. And it's a brilliant film, and it's, it really is true. All that stuff in that film is true. Then we got 300 calls from people who saw the video. It went viral on Netflix. We couldn't even handle the inflow, you know, calling like we saw this and what do we do? Can we come see you? And then he showed me the letter that the American Dental Association, you know, it's all unproven. These are proven safe. Blah 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 blah. And uh, so then he put, you know, he's got his website and we refer people there, and it's uh, it's 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 a great thing. You know, people need to watch
1: these things because at the end of the day, you need information. You have to have informed consent when you do these things. And this goes across the board. It's not just about dentistry. You know, medicine's not much different. We do lots of things in medicine that, you know, could be harmful. Right. But how do people know that then if there's such a powerful force of the old, let's say, the old guardians, and then there's few of You know, clinics like yours, ours, and others out there. Think about biological dentistry. You know, that that's such a small, small sliver of dentists out there. And at the same time, they're being pushed out and basically ridiculed by convention and ADA would love to see them go away. Right. Do you see that changing anytime soon? Because it's been like this for a long time. People are getting sicker and sicker, even in this day where you have an independent documentary maker making a story about him. It was his story to share with the world and bringing experts on that are absolutely accredited, know what they're talking about, showing actual research. And yet that could even be shut down. Do you see anything changing in that where people could actually have access to good information to make
0: better decisions for their health? Well, it's getting better. I mean, it is? with the internet, you know, even with all the censorship that there is yeah, there, it's getting better. And so, you know, Most of the guys that I know that are doing this kind of practice are busier than they've ever been. It's true. Because people are learning about this and they're getting dissatisfied or they're not getting help from doing the routine things. And they're open and they're looking, you know, and sometimes they come in here and they do a consult with you and they're like, really? Like, wow. And I think one of the biggest, like, so we use this tool where we use Darkfield and I always do a full physical exam on every person that I see. And in probably 90% of the people that I examine, their physical exam is actually just fine. Their heart is fine and their lungs are clear and they don't have swollen lymph nodes and their, their liver and their spleen are fine and their reflexes are fine and they feel terrible. Now they've been to 13 doctors who let's say did their due diligence and they did a good physical exam looking for pathology and they didn't find anything. And then they did routine blood work. They did a panel with CBC and CMP and lipids and the regular normal stuff. And on many of the people that we look at, those look fine too. And that doctor then makes the conclusion that I've got a menopausal woman who's depressed, or I've got somebody who's stressed out. And what they really need is Prozac or Lexapro, or one of these drugs, because that's what's wrong with them. And the patient often goes along with that. Okay, I'll take your medicine to see if it'll make me feel better. But then they find that their fatigue isn't any better, and their pain isn't any better, and their bowels aren't any better. And then they're looking, and they get a tremendous amount of invalidation from the medical field that they see, and maybe even from their family or their spouses. And then I see them come in here and they fill out a symptom survey and on a possible 200, they got 190. So they've got symptoms in every organ system and valid complaints. And I look at them and oftentimes they don't look that bad and their physical exam is just okay. And I review the lab work that they had done and really there isn't any like alarming thing. And then I take a drop of blood from their finger and I put it up on the microscope and I look at it on the microscope and it looks absolutely horrendous, okay? They have biofilms all over their blood and they got spirochetes swimming around in their blood. I say, you know what? You aren't crazy. You are sick. Look at your blood. And for many of these people, it is like they cry. They cry. They cry because they have all this force telling them that they're nuts and they know that they're not nuts because five years before they weren't nuts and they were fine and they were working hard and they were taking care of their family and they were having an enjoyable life. And now they're not. And whether it was a tick bite or, you know, whatever it was that got them and then that stuff just sort of melts and they, then they go better. And then you look at their blood three months later and, Hey, we don't see all this stuff. It's not there anymore. And you're feeling better, and your symptom score went from 190 and now we're down to 27. And you're sleeping and you don't have pain and you feel good and you're happy. And we didn't do anything that's going to hurt you. Like none of our treatments are toxic. You know, when you sat in our R&B room for three days a week and you sat in the hyperbaric chamber five days a week for a couple of months, and we did these various things which are designed to get your body back to health the way it was supposed to be, and it works. About 85% of the time, we, we win. Like, we get it. And, um, and that's just really good medicine. So those tools are really necessary. And so doctors who want to pursue this field, and the field is wide open. I mean, there's no shortage of patients anywhere. But they have to go off the grid to learn this stuff. You know, when your dad and I started this, there was no grid. I mean, there was no, you know, there wasn't an Institute of Functional Medicine. There wasn't A4M. There wasn't, you know, European biological network. You know, there wasn't any of this stuff. We we would just go, who's smart? Who's getting results? Okay, go to their seminar. And my wife and I, every every month, one or two weekends, we traveled to go somewhere to learn from some smart guy who had some smart thing. And then, okay, let's put that in the clinic. And then let's put this in the clinic. And, uh, <laughs> and then you build this, you know, this thing where, where now there is there is some organized education helping people to learn this stuff. And then what they've got to do is really intern in places that are know how to do it and can integrate it. And then they can do it.
1: I've always said that the doctors, uh, you know, going into the future now, have it easy. You know what I mean? I, my father was the same way. He had to find people out there, needles in haystacks and travel yeah. to China, to learn about acupuncture, work with them more and others, you know, and do those sort of things. And I was lucky because I got to come along for the ride as a child and go to see these beautiful places. And while he was doing the training out, I'd go and enjoy myself. But you know, that was the thing back then. I feel like to, to be that pioneer and go out, it, you had to really work for it. Now you don't. And yet still, I know there are more and more people getting involved in this. And there is a movement towards functional medicine. But I have to say, it's still small, small minority. It's growing, but I thought it'd be growing a little bit quicker because, again, you know, conventional's approach to chronic disease is not a winning one. We're getting sicker and sicker. What is it? 60-plus percent of us now in America are chronically ill in incurable state and getting worse and worse, and it's, it's just not sustainable. Right. Do you see the field having to quickly pivot, or is it going to be this strong force as it is now, that says, no, conventional medicine is here to stay. We're actually going to clamp down even further with the FDA, with everyone else against this. As you've seen some of this go down, even some of the approaches are now being taken off. FDA is looking at things like NAC and every, you know, and scaring that. Yeah. Like where, where, where do you see this going? Because I I love the approach. It's just, I thought it'd be a, a little bit more accepted.
0: No. See, <laughs> The, Am I not the, even that? <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's all, it's all, it's, it's, it's all money driven. It's just yeah. all money driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on one side, if you can get people to reorient their lifestyle, like Bezos didn't buy whole foods because he cares about organic food. He did it because it's a good business. So the big boys are buying businesses. They're buying supplement companies and they're buying them because people are going that way. And they have the real clout. So if Thorne is now owned by a big pharmaceutical company, and there's lots of them are going that way, I think that's actually good because they are supplying people that are good products. And those guys are making the money. And they're going to keep that environment open for those things because that's good business for them. And they're going to run their other business fine. And if we can just redirect people toward, if you don't buy glyphosate, they're not going to keep selling it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and if you buy organic food, there's going to be more people around who do it. And then as we go along, we are also being more and more able to prove the worth and the value of what we've got. And now you look at this whole peptide world. Now, these pharmaceutical companies are very embedded in peptides in their, in their use. And some of these are just tremendous therapies. And now they're, you know, they're being used with diabetics. And they, they work. So I think that the, the way it's going to go is it's, it's going to be driven by the money and where are people going. And as we educate more and we keep going, that we have a chance. And sometimes we get beat down. You know, what's happened with this last epidemic, they beat it down, but the groundswell is, is coming. The scientific proof is coming. Some of the major players in this thing are real standard normal guys. Heads of you know professorships at major universities, and they're going like, this isn't true, and this isn't true, and this isn't true. And they're like, Okay, so I think we're moving in the right direction. The suppression is coming in too, but I think we're gonna win, or I think we're winning. Well, I think the good
1: thing here is that even though you have an embedded industry that's that's very strong, has political lobbyists and everything like that. At the end of the day, medicine is still driven by the patients, by where their demand goes, where they're willing to put their money, their effort, who they're willing to see. And yeah. if they're not getting results, they've been told for a long time, that's just all you can do. Take this pill. It'll manage your disease, get rid of some of your symptoms. You'll need another one. You'll get a little worse every year, but we'll keep giving you pills and we'll just you know basically subside everything until it's too much and then we'll cut it out. But now they're actually they have through the internet, through the advent of you know, word of mouth is easier than ever now. They're hearing that there was someone else in my position that got better doing something else at Dr. Minkoff's office, at Dr. Schultz uh, at these other clinics around the world, Paracelsus, you know, Sophia, all of these. Yeah. And that word of mouth is driving people to take their dollars and their their time and, and go to them. So in that sense, even though there is suppression, there is billions, trillions of dollars in the old healthcare system, I agree with you that I think that this is absolutely on the right path. As you said, busier than ever. That's, that's the truth. These types of clinics do very well because they get results, and results speak volumes. You don't need marketing campaigns. You don't need beautiful, you know, commercials of people running through fields and two minutes of side effects going along with them. You need people, real people sharing real stories of how they got their health back, their life back. And I think that's what this type of medicine, integrative medicine, anything you want to call it, is giving to people. Yeah. And so. That's the beauty. And I think, you know, that that's where I do get hope out of everything, even though there's censorship, there's pushback, there's, you know, veils are being lifted at the same time during this. So
0: let's let's stay on that hopeful note. (laughs) and, And this isn't new. You know, you go back to Pasteur and he was the standard guy and he said, this is how it is. And then you have Bashan coming in and say, no, that's not how it is. And there was a war going on. then. this is just human beings. This is just, you know. It's human nature. It is. It's it's, it's yeah.
1: from the dawn of time. This is how we've acted in a sense. And we correct ourselves, we see our wrongs, we move on. There's some strife in the change always, but we evolve. We always have. Right. And I I think we're at that point where we're going to need to evolve. And you know, listen, part of uh, you know, the health field and everything is supplements. I know you guys have body health that you started you have wonderful products. I, I didn't know this going into this interview, even that you were behind body health and we have your perfect aminos here. I love them. We give them the patient. So it was, a, it was a nice surprise because I was just telling someone about, oh, you should take perfect aminos. We have them here and give them out. Tell us how, how'd how you get into that and choosing that? Because we also started producing supplements on our side. It was it was an effort to see where do we start with low hanging fruit how to do it in high quality format we test your products they're through the roof quality wise and that's a rarity i have to say in a very congested supplement market usually what you're told is get the cost down go low quality market a lot you'll make a lot of money you need you know margins on this but tell us uh, about your kind of journey into making these supplements with body health
0: well it started really So someone is mercury toxic, what do they need? And then when I'm at Klinghart's thing, he's got 14 things they have to take. And I'm like, nobody's going to take 14 things. Can I consolidate this in some way? Can I come up with... And then we were doing IV chelation with DMPS. And every other person that we would give IV DMPS to would walk out of the IV room holding their back like their kidneys were hurting them Mm. because the drug was toxic to them. And so... I met this uh, biochemist and we started horsing around with some substances to see, could we come up with a natural way to detoxify metals? And we came up with this product, which we named metal free. Now metal free is off the market because the FDA then 25 years later, really hundreds or maybe millions of doses, safe doses where you could detoxify heavy metals. NAC was in there and they didn't like it. So we have a new one that's just about to be released, but that's how we got into it. And we started using it and it worked great. It would detoxify people and it didn't hurt their kidneys. And you could even give it to small children because a lot of the autistic children have metals and it was a way to detoxify. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very safe. So we got into that. And then a couple of years later, and then I was working in our practice. And then, you know, I'd go to a meeting and share it with some people and they started using it and this. Like, wow, this is a great product. So then we were, were sort of mixing it up in our back room. And then we got, you know, more professional where we were really doing it. And then I was training for a triathlon and I pulled my hamstring and I could not get it to heal. You know, if I would try a hard workout, a hard track workout, it would start to hurt. And I knew that if I kept going, I was going to tear it worse. And I did everything like I have access to everything. So I heated it and I colded it and I chiropracted it and I massaged it and I injected it and I did this and I did that and it just didn't get better. And then I did an amino acid profile on my blood and I found that I was lacking essential amino acids. And I started playing with amino acids and different mixtures of the essential amino acids. And the combination that I got some help with this, but the combination of these eight essential amino acids in a very specific ratio, I took that for six weeks and my hamstring pain went away. And three months later, I went and did Ironman Canada, which is a a very challenging race. And I had my best time ever. And so I wrote an article in Triathlete Magazine on my experience. And we got 3000 calls from people who wanted this product. And so we started to manufacture this product. So we had to source pharmaceutical grade amino acids. The product has no fillers or binders or excipients or anything else in it. It's pure amino acid powder that originally was tablets. Now we have powder forms of it. People started taking it and they would call us and say, my chronic plantar fasciitis is gone. And my hair's growing better and my nails aren't breaking off and like stories and stories and stories about how good the product was. And so it's a great product in it, you know, virtually everyone. So I don't know if you guys do this, but we do this, uh, meta that it's Genova. It's called an iron panel. It's a panel where you look at vitamin and mineral deficiencies and amino acids are on there and all vegans, all vegetarians are amino acid deficient. And a lot of people who think they're eating okay have enough going on in their gut with not enough enzymes, not enough HCL, too much yeast overgrowth, too many parasites, too much glyphosate, where they're not digesting the proteins. And their amino acid levels are low. And amino acids, of course, are the key to the whole body. They're all the structure. They're all the enzymes. They're all the immune factors. They're all the neurotransmitters. And if you supplement them with amino acids, which are in an elemental form, they don't have to be digested. If you take it on an empty stomach with a water or a sports drink in 23 minutes, it's in your bloodstream. It doesn't trigger insulin. It doesn't trigger blood sugar. And you can really help people. Uh, And we find that probably 90% of the patients that I test are amino acid deficient. And I put them all on amino acids. And then they get, you know, among other things, it's not the only thing. They might need omega-3s and they might need vitamins and other things. So it's it's not a one thing fixes everything. But this particular product is really good. And what's most interesting, too, is that most of this market of protein supplementation is really not, it isn't valid. Like, whey protein is not a very good way to supplement with protein because only 16% of it is actually used by your body to make protein. And collagen is missing tryptophan, which is an essential amino acid, which is part of all the You know, all the proteins need tryptophan, So a lot of the marketing that's gone into these things really isn't valid. And with Perfect Amino, the product actually is what it is. There's some very elegant studies that have been done on it that actually prove when you take this stuff, 99% of what you take in goes to building your own body protein. And that's why it works so well.
1: Yeah, that bioavailability is so key. So many supplements out there and the things people take and self-supplement. They just aren't really bioavailable. And it's kind of a waste. And then you got to look at quality too. So many people go for cheaper things, but that's poor quality. It's just also not going to be absorbed by the body and could actually be toxic in some ways. Uh, and the supplementation kind of industry itself is a little bit of a wild west and it's hard to understand what's what. I also find it quite wild because we've seen it a lot at the center as well, that People who think they eat well are deficient in so many things, whether it's amino acids, whether it's minerals, you know, most people are. And that's yeah. that's a big source. I mean, the, the food source in general is just so depleted. Even when you think you're eating well, you're probably not. And even when you are eating vegetables, the soil's depleted. You know, everything else is how it carries over the weeks it gets to the grocery store where you think it's fresh and suddenly it, it doesn't have that. But, you know, let's let's switch gears for a second here as we start to wrap things up a little bit. I wanted to see, what are you excited about in the field? You mentioned peptides. That's something a lot of people are looking at and exploring and, and utilizing more. But what are you actually excited or what are you looking at in the field that you're seeing or you're hoping to apply in the coming years?
0: Well, about a year ago, I met a physician who was really an expert in biophysics, you know using light and energy to influence cell systems. He discovered, he didn't discover this, but what he found is that, so in this, there's a whole stem cell explosion going on. Like people need stem cells because their old cells are worn out and they need healing, blah, blah, blah. Um, And there's a lot of products on the market where it's given in the form of, umbilical stem cells or placental stem cells or exosomes or so I've gone and done all these courses and then I ran across this guy uh, he's a physician in California who was looking at stem cells and there are embryonic stem cells that have never been activated that circulate in all of our bodies they're called v cells which stands for very small embryonic like stem cells so all of our cells from the time of conception and then division, are on a time path where they're being they're dividing, and you know the telomeres, the little tags at the end of the at the, the end of the chromosome, are getting shorter and shorter. And <clears throat> there was a guy at UCLA, Haplog, who figured out that about 62, each cell line gets about 62 times to replicate itself, and then it doesn't do it anymore, and then you get old and then you die. But there are cells circulating around in our body, which are called these V cells, and they never got turned on. They're there, but they haven't got turned on. And this guy figured out a laser that's got a holographic lens on it, which activates these stem cells. So we're doing this in the clinic now. And it's pretty crazy the kind of results that you get with rejuvenation. Are you using that with PRP as well? Well, you you take the blood. You essentially do PRP, but the filter is a little bit different, right? So that you get v, you get a lot of V cells. Then the V cells are activated by this laser, right? And you can do a very interesting thing where, okay, you've extracted the blood, you have a tube that's been through this centrifuge with a filter, and you've got the plasma. And we, you know, you take this and you just tell the person like, "Where do you feel it?" Well, I feel it about here. Okay. Now laser the cells. Okay. Hand it back to the patient. Where do you feel it? Oh, oh, I, I feel it out here. Like you actually can feel the pushback. These things are alive. This is life. This is like life embryonic turned on. Now what he also figured out, I'm not sure he did all this by himself. You know, I don't know that he figured all this out himself. Okay. But that if you took cells, random cells in a chamber, in suspension, and you shined a laser on it for 30, 60, 90 minutes, this holographic laser, and you went back the next day and looked at the cells, it'd all be lined up in a nice little row. So that then you could activate these stem cells and then you could laser areas of the body as they're going in where you want them to go. Because what they found is that when you activate these cells, it turns on these, what are called adhesion factors. It'll make them stick. So it makes them stick and it, you can send them where you want them. Now, normal stem cells, mesenchymal stem cells are big. They're like nine to 12 um, microns big. The lung has a filter that's about six microns. So if you inject them IV, they're all going to the lung and that's where they're staying. If you got COPD or pulmonary fibrosis, they might really help you. And, but unless you inject it into the spinal fluid, it's not going into the brain. But these things are small. They're like three microns. They're smaller than red blood cells. And they will go through the lung and they will go to other places. So I'm very excited about this because there's just endless uses of this with, you know, people who have like terrible like ALS or they have, you know, they have terrible things. And it can really, so this industry uh, you know, Tony Robbins just wrote this book on his experiences with stem cells, life force, I think it's called. It's very interesting because this field is exploding with bright minds looking at how can we make these bodies go 120 years, 180 years, how can we rejuvenate them? How can we make this thing happen? And right now we're in the, you know, we I think we're just in the blip of man, this thing is just going like this. And that's I find that very exciting because I think these can be applied to cancer treatments, to fatigue? Like, how do you stimulate mitochondria so you grow a whole bunch of new ones that are actually working and good? And you can sort of outdo the toxicity that exists in the environment so we can stay ahead of it.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I I love that you brought that up. We talked about V-cells here a little while and actually published an article a little while back on it. And it is exciting because it's combining what you already have in your body And it's combined photobiomodulation and this idea of providing the right energy, the right information that activates them to do what your body can do and self-heal. And it's not the addition of any kind of compound or chemical or new, you know, anything. It's really your body just being basically empowered to do what it can do into itself. So I think it's wonderful. I think this whole idea of giving the body certain information through things like synchronized holographic light. Hyperpolarized polarized light. There's all different ways, even sounds or anything. That yeah. energy is, is just giving it the information to then organize it properly. Like you said, those cells line up. They're given information, instructions. They right. didn't have it. They were chaotic. You had no cell-to-cell communication. You had everything was breaking down. That's a diseased body. But then you give it order and you'll see what can happen. Amazing self-healing. So, I'm right there with you. I'm super excited about the future there. Now, one last question before we wrap things up. If you could give the audience three pieces of advice to live a healthier and happier life, what would that be?
0: I think you just have to, you can't sort of ignore basics. Yeah. You got to eat an organic diet. We find most people, if they do sort of paleo-ish, they do well. Most people have trouble with grains. They have trouble with legumes. So I start everybody on that. It's sort of an autoimmune paleo diet. You know, meat, fish, eggs, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. That's your diet. Okay. Okay. If it's in a package, don't buy it. You want fresh whole food and you want organic, okay? You want to make sure that you have a bowel movement every single day. There's nobody that's normal that doesn't have a bowel movement at least once a day. It should be satisfying. It should actually be pleasurable. And the feeling afterwards is that you feel empty. There's sort of an empty, nice sensation in your body after you went to the bathroom. And I think that's there's just no way around that. Now, some people need colonics or they need enemas or they need magnesium, or they need, you know, bile softeners, you know, to get them going. But you've got to end up with, that's where you want to end up. you got to be outside and you got to move your body and you got to get some sunshine. And then you got to sleep enough to keep your body, you know, so that you're rested and that you get good quality sleep. And, you know, you've got aura rings and you've got all these devices that you can do to track your own thing. And, you know, I was an emergency room doctor. Before that, I was a pediatrician. And I was on call every third night. And I learned to to live on five hours of sleep. And when I started tracking my sleep, I found out that my sleep sucked. Like I wasn't getting restful REM sleep and I was wearing myself out too fast. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna do whatever it takes so that I can get good scores on my Aura Ring for my readiness and my sleep. And I made myself, it took some months that I'm going to get in my, turn the lights off at 10. And I wake up about quarter to five. And if I was awake before that, I was going to lay in bed until then, until I teach my body that this got to have this much sleep. And I eventually did it so that I can get good restful sleep, enough hours so that I can, you know, I can get up and I can train for a couple hours and I can go to work and I can do what I like to do. And my body feels good and it's healthy and I got good score. So that makes me feel better. So, I mean, that's one of these other things where you can Where you can track this stuff and you can, you know, you can do what's right so that your body does the best. And then I think hooking up with doctors that are interested in your health. And there are all kinds of them. There's naturopaths and there's chiropractors, and there's nutritionists, and there's practices like yours and like ours, but you need a coach because your regular doctor has no idea underneath this stuff. And you can be coached and to sort of alter your lifestyle so that your health can improve. And I think if people do that, it isn't very complicated. I think there's one other piece of this, is that if you have negative people in your life, that you find more positive people when you spend time (laughs) time around them, because you're going to be the sum total of the people that you spend time around. Yes. And, you know, the people who have a positive outlook and they're happy when you're doing well. If you have friends that are critical of you and that aren't happy when you're doing well, they're not very good for you. And you should just, you know, I wouldn't create a, a, a war and it might be your mother-in-law. So you have to gently do this, you know, where it's a good roads, good weather approach. But the people that you want around you are going to, they're going to help you and you're going to help each other. And there's a, so, you know, this is the community, this is the, you know, the group, this is the You know, like like I'm sure in your practice, you know, that's what I'm trying to create in my practice. Like every one of these people are vibrating at a level up here instead of down here. And the patients every day say to me, I don't know how you do it. These guys, they care about me. They're positive. They want to help me. And I know it. And I don't get that feeling from my regular doctor or when I go to the hospital. Because we are trying to create an environment and a culture here because it's a healing culture. And then people come into a healing culture and their own vibration raises, and then their cells get better, and then they get better.
1: Yeah, incredible advice. And it is so true that, you know, I posted about this the other day. Toxins aren't just harmful chemical substances. They can be people. And you need to get toxins out of your life. And that means getting the wrong people out of your life. Otherwise, you won't get better. And I, I think that's a big part of it too. We talk so much about root causes. We don't look at the relationship sometimes we have as root causes. You know, It could be you're not with the right person in your life. It could be that you have an old relationship you're holding on to or have some trauma with that's the cause too. So finding a doctor such as yourself, a clinic such as yourself, is so, so important to get to those root causes and truly correct what's going on and regain your health. Dr. Minkoff, where could people find out more about you and your practice?
0: Okay, great. Thanks. Um, So our practice is called LifeWorks, one word, wellness center. So it's www.lifeworkswellnesscenter.com. There's hundreds of videos on there and thousands of patient testimonials on there. So that'll give you an idea of, you know, are we the right fit for you? Uh, we see everything from very high end athletes because I'm an athlete. So I like working with athletes to actually most of our practices, cancer patients and Lyme patients and chronic illness patients. And also we have this company called body health. So we're a nutritional supplement company. And there's also, there's, I don't know, a thousand pages on that website with lots of videos on the products that we make. And also, you know, like information on how can you get and stay healthy in this kind of environment. So that's the best place to reach me and um i do a couple of newsletters every week and the newsletters are free and people can get it i wrote this book called the search for the perfect protein it's an amazon bestseller uh, you could buy it from amazon or you could go to the body health website and you can download it for free if you want to do it that way i think the best way to do it is the audible book because we did it audible and then after each chapter a friend of mine read the book on audible but in between each chapter, I do sort of a comment, and we do sort of a two-way back and forth on the chapter and what it means. And there's some more examples. And many people have have really enjoyed that to, uh, you know, to to listen to it. And there's there's more information. So that's where I live.
1: Awesome. We'll add the links in as well on our website so everyone has easy access to that. Dr. Minkoff, thank you so much for the work. I love everything. This is really enjoyable to find someone that vibes, that is, you know, on the same wavelength there. And best of luck in the Iron Man this year. I know thank you'll you, rock at you. 43. Hopefully you'll be at 50 soon and we could talk when you get there again. <laughs> okay. Very good. All right. Take care.